Hello, this is Fred Callaghan, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello, yes, Fulham made it four wins in a row in what we have billed as our biggest test of the season so far against Stoke City, but the result was never in any doubt from the moment Harry Wilson gave us the lead after just five minutes. Bobby Reid added a second and Mitro celebrated signing a new five-year contract on Friday by adding a third goal in another comprehensive all-round team performance. We missed the chance to put the cherry on top of the performance as sure as night time follows day. We missed an injury time penalty, but then I'm not really a fan of cherries anyway. We had some lovely little pre-match beers before the match yesterday. We're recording this very early on Sunday morning. Not that you'd expect much sense out of him at the best of times, but you may need to treat Morgan Carlson a little bit gently this morning. But in any case, Matt Wigo Wiggins is also with us to go back over the game, ensuring at least somebody is speaking some sense on the show. Maxime Lamarche no longer plays for Fulham with Seri and Fabry having joined Strasbourg, and we'll discuss other potential outgoings and incomings before Tuesday's transfer deadline day two. My name is Matt Wachler, and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. All right, Morgs, I'm going to come to you first because you probably haven't had a chance to uh, to see the highlights of the game since yesterday after a big night out on the town yesterday. So before we look back over the game, let's just talk about the fact that Mitro signed that new five-year contract. He celebrated with a goal and an assist and a penalty miss. But it's significant news and a sign of intent from us anyway, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, he looks like the player from two years ago in terms of his demeanour. He's, you know, he's much happier. He's playing with more energy. Um, you just, you just wonder how much of that is silver and how much of that is lack of Parker, really, because clearly their relationship was making his time at the club almost, you know, untenable coming coming towards the end. Uh, but now that it's sort of uh, he's gone, it's um, he seems to have, uh, be a whole new player again, and which is, you know, it's great. And it was kind of when. Parker did leave. It almost felt like it was going to be Parker and Mitro going. Um, and even when Parker left, we were all still a bit unsure whether Mitro would actually stay. Um, but it's it's great to see that we've now got, you know, uh, our Mitro back, essentially. And, uh, you know, hopefully him signing this contract will uh, you know kick him on to bagging another 30 goals this season. I watched the interview with him that he did with the club the other day and he said that First of all, let's get up, then let's stay up for a couple of seasons, then then push for Europe. What do you reckon, Wigo? Mitro leading the line for Fulham in Europe in a few years' time? You can just see him lifting the Champions League in a few years. I mean, it just it would just be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? You know, number nine captain, you know, no offence to Tom Kearney, but Mitrovic is the big man with the trophy. It would be fantastic. But it's great, like Mong said, it's great that we managed to tie him down for another five years. Um, and yeah, hopefully can lead that line straight back into the Premier League. And if we do go up, be given the chance to actually prove himself in the Premier League again, unlike last season under the Bournemouth manager. Well, we're not getting ahead of ourselves by saying HMS pissed the Champions League, are we? <laughs> Maybe Europa Conference League. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. All right, lads. Well, it was a 3-0 win, comprehensive. It didn't feel like we're ever under any threat against Stoke. And in all honesty, it could and should have been a bigger margin of victory against a side who we were level on points with at the start of the day. Another all-round great performance, wasn't it? 
Yeah, we deserved to win 3-0. It was comprehensive, wasn't it, at the end of the day. Stoke are obviously up there as well, so we knew it was going to be our toughest test of the season. And going into it, you kind of think, OK, have we had it a bit easy up to this point? But um, actually, they weren't really much of a challenge. You know, I think after the second goal, they sort of put up a bit of a fight. But um, yeah, we were just, just sort of another easy win like last week, really. Go there, get the job done, come home. On to the next one, really. Yeah, nice break think, next week. That'll, be, that'll do. I think we kind of looked at this match and sort of the fact, I think a lot of us saw the goal they scored against Forest last week and go, actually, they're a footballing side now. They're not a Tony Pulis Stoke side. And I think we probably thought that there was going to be a greater challenge based on that particular goal. Um, when, in fact, they sort of, you know, they played some okay stuff at times, but they, you know, they didn't penetrate us at all, really. I mean... Gazaniga made a couple of saves, but he, um, you know, it was, we didn't need to be particularly spectacular to win it. We were efficient. We played nice, simple football. Uh, our counter-attacking was good, uh, but sort of, we didn't need to, you know, we, we weren't, yeah, it wasn't spectacular in, you know, in a three nil, but it was, it was good. It was efficient. And, you know, it, it looks—it's kind of the sort of football that you look like you play for a whole season without burning out um, too early. Which I think sometimes, if you got like you know Slavisa side, uh, when you're sort of you know a bit gung ho, uh, you might sort of not be able to sort of last that whole time. Uh, so yeah, it it does, yeah, it does fill us with a lot of confidence moving forward. That you know, come sort of Christmas time, come next year, we'll still be able to play in that manner. And let's just hope that we, um, you know, uh, it's just, we just keep it up. Good stuff, mate. Well, it was a strong lineup that we put out when you consider that before the match, we weren't sure about the fitness of Tim Ream and Fabio Carvalho. Both started the game and it's just a shame that Kenny Tete is going to be out for a while, meaning that for some reason we're looking for a new right back and that Cyrus Christie's been told he needs to look for a new club. Obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of that situation. But to me, it feels strange that he's surplus to requirements here. We've said it before, Wigo, when you've been on the on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's a decent championship right back. Why are we getting rid of him? Yeah, the guy's got the quality, hasn't he, at the end of the day? And he's proven himself in this league. And I just, I find it so strange at what's happened there. Is it, I, I can't see it as being an attitude problem because I think the guy's always had a pretty good attitude. Is it to do with the incident a couple of seasons ago? Perhaps, I'm not too sure, but he came back from that, didn't he? And he was playing games. I, I've got no idea what it is, to be honest with you, but the guy was a solid option. He would be a solid option. All right, Dennis Adoy came in, played a great game, had a, you know, had a, did a good job. But Christie is an out-and-out right-back, through and through. And he's, as I say, he's played the games for us. He's played some really, really good games for us. He's proper attacking. And uh, I do think he could have offered us something, but obviously Silver just doesn't have him in his plans. So if he wants to get rid of him, that's down to the manager at the end of the day, isn't it? I'm going to say that we, um, you know, it may be a case that Christie's come in in pre-season and said, I want to play games. And mm. uh, Silver said, well, you can't, you're not going to be my starting right back. They might yeah. have had a bit of a bust up over it. Uh, and he said, well, you're not, you're going to be back up at best. Um, and maybe Christy just said, look, I'm not happy with that and wants out. And maybe that's where the sort of, where it came from. Maybe just, he can't guarantee yeah. in football. So he's just going to say, right, you, our plans will move on without you. 
whereas someone like Dennis Adoy, you know, can't, will happily be a backup in theory. Um, and so he's kind of, you know, he's that utility man for us uh, when needed. So maybe maybe that's just it. Maybe it's um, a mutual understanding that he wasn't going to play enough, so it's time for him to leave again. Dennis Adoy is great. I, I love Dennis Adoy. And, you know, he's made mistakes in the past, but who hasn't in games? And he's just dependable and won't ever let you down. You know, he's happy to just stay in the squad. And when the chance comes back along, then he comes in and gives you a, a 7 out of 10 which is probably what he did yesterday. You know, it's nothing spectacular, but he certainly doesn't look out of place in the team. And if, if he was our right back for a couple of months whilst Kenny Tete was out, I'd, I'd be absolutely fine with it. And who's what decent right back is going to want to come to Fulham knowing that we've got, he's keeping the seat warm for Kenny Tete. I, I think it's strange that we're in the market for another right back, especially when you consider that we've got Stephen Sess in the squad as well. Um, and Marco Silva said that he's, he's going to keep hold of him. Um, and and he's he's in his plans. So I don't know. It's just it's just a bizarre situation. I, I didn't think we'd be looking for a right back before Tuesday's deadline day, but apparently that's what we're doing. So um, anyway, let's move on. We we spent a bit of time in our match preview going through Stoke City, their transformation of style under Michael O'Neill, and talking about that fantastic team goal they scored against Forest last weekend. But in actual fact, it was a superb team goal scored by Harry Wilson on his return from suspension that gave us the lead after just five minutes. Wigo, I'll come to you and ask you to talk me through the goal, because I don't think Morgz has uh, had a chance to see it again on the TV. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a great goal, Morgz, by the way, you know, when you do... Was it? Game. I mean, I have no recollection. Yeah, it was a great goal, mate. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a really good move. Starting at the back, it was quick as well. Was, mm. I couldn't believe it, really. He was just quick, back to front. Loads of pace involved as well. And it, what a strike, by the way, as well. It was outside of his foot, I think, as well. Um, and just gave us a lead, the early lead that we needed as well to really take control of the game. Um, obviously, Dekor Dover-Reed with a great ball into Mitrovic. And Mitrovic's ability to hold off the defender and just play that perfect weight of pass to Harry Wilson. And then for him to find the corner from there with the outside of his foot. Brilliant. And honestly, I'm so glad that he's back now. Um, and I think we can really kick on with him back in the squad and hopefully get some, a lot of convincing wins to try and stay top of the league. You say it was perfect way to pass. I mean, it, I don't think it was that perfect. It kind of bubbled up a bit and Wilson did really well to get his foot over it and just stick it in the bottom corner. But uh, the, the build-up to that goal was really good as well. It started with with Ream at the back um, and I think he's played it into to Wilson, who then got involved, played it out wide and then then picked up the ball in the box and stuck it away. So it's it a really, really nice goal, Morgs, when you get a chance to see it again. Uh, it, so- it sounds brilliant. I-, I can't wait to see it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kept Stoke keeper Joseph Bursic busy throughout the game. 20 shots, nine of which were on target. Notable efforts from Seri and Tosin in the first half. And just after the break, we got the second goal our dominance deserved. We showed we can be dynamic with the way that we attack with Bobby Reed's goal too, as it was started from a long ball from a Gazaniga goal kick. Again, I'm probably going to have to come to you, Wigo, for this, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Morgs. One, Morgs, once again, another good goal, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it was nice to show that we're a multi-dimensional team, you know, a bit of, uh, we can catch a team by surprise. I suppose they weren't really expecting a long goal kick. What we like to do is we like to put pressure on ourselves, don't we? And just... Uh, play about the box and, um, you know, see if we can get it out. But Stoke were quite intense with their pressure yesterday. So I feel like there was times where we did have to uh, change it up a bit. 
So it was nice to see that it actually uh, paid off. Um, Mitrovic, obviously, it was brilliant for him to cut inside and manage to get the shot off. Put a bit of power into it, though, mate. Put it in the corner, you know. Just signed a new five-year deal. He just, like, tapped it straight to the keeper. We're so lucky it comes to Bobby Reed, really. And uh, it was a great finish from him. And, I'm, you know, right place, right time for him again. Um, another fantastic performance from Bobby Reed as well, by the way. And summed up perfectly with a goal. Um, Paul, I feel sorry for the keeper a little bit. Kind of didn't warrant that defending from uh, the defenders in front of him. That his performance. But, um, yeah, no, it was nice to get that 2-0. And I felt a little bit more comfortable at 2-0. Uh, after Stoke sort of th- started to threaten us a little bit. You're right, actually. Mitrovic did have quite a lot of time on to, to take that shot and place it. And I think the keeper should have done better with the shot as well. He's parried it straight back out into into the danger zone. And and, and even Bobby Reed's finish wasn't that great. He gave the keeper a chance. He, he didn't find the corner, but I mean, he did enough. And I agree, it was, a, it was another good performance from Bobby Reed. Morgs, remember much about Bobby Reed's performance? He played. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Reed played, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I th- yeah, I agree. With you. He had a great game. Yes, I, I think he's he he's he's becoming so reliable over the last year, uh, which is something that we didn't get from him in his first season. And again, it's kind of it's, you know maybe it just needed time to settle into the team, uh, into you know into you know playing for the club. Uh, but yeah, he's he's just so dependable, and not even just at the championship level, you know, Premier League level as well. He was good. Um, so it's it's great to see him coming into the team and knowing that you're going to get uh, a decent performance out of him. Um, so I think, yeah, it, I think it's it's great for our squad depth as well. We're looking at it, sort of, um, you know, a player like him who doesn't need to start every game, um, but he when he does come in, you know he's going to sort of, you know, add to the team rather than just sort of fill a gap like um, former players who have now left for Greek shores may have done. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the guy who, um, the, the professional that they have, the pundit on on Quest, I was watching it earlier, ex-Reading guy. Um, but he was saying on the, after the highlights yesterday, that he thinks that we've got the best attack in the league. And I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's any surprise to anybody. You know, you've got, aside from Cabano, then you've got Wilson, Mitrovic, Bobby Reed, and then Muniz to come in as well. And the fact that we're top of the league and we're scoring goals left, right and centre, it just highlights that. But it's it's just exciting to watch again, isn't it? I know we've said this time and time again in the last few weeks after, you know, watching the Scott Parker defensive tactics, the fact that we're just utilising these attacking players. And, you know, I'm not in any doubt at the moment when we're turning up to these games that we're going to win. It's just a case of, are we going to bother turning the screw today and really go for the jugular or are we just going to settle for the kind of the 2-0 that we had against Hull? And I think we did go for the jugular yesterday. It, it should have been 4-5-6-0 yesterday um, and we just didn't take our chances. But go on, we go word on, word on our attack. Oh, it's so refreshing to see, isn't it? We are we are going for it. You know, what was it, 2 or 3-0 when he brought on Cabano and Cavalero? Mm. I mean, under the last guy... I'm not going to mention his name. Under the last guy, we'd have fought on three <laughs> defenders. You know, we'd have been sat back and just passing it about the back and boring, boring football. So it's so good to see that we're actually going for it and we're putting away our chances. All right, we probably should have scored more if we're going to be very harsh. But 3-0 is a convincing win. And, you know, it, 
it helps for the goal difference at the end of the season, you know, because it might come down to that. So 3-0 rather than 1-0, nah, sitting back and holding on. He want to go for it, didn't you? So <laughs> I, I'm happy it won't, it won't. brilliant performance. It won't come down to that, mate. We'll we'll be way clear. <laughs> it won't yeah. come down you to that. Who else is, is going to have 106 points? I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, well, West Brom are still going well. Huddersfield, probably, at this rate as well. Huddersfield, no. But West Brom are still going well, aren't they? They're still, they're still level on points with us at the moment. Did West Brom win yesterday? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they're, they're still level on points with us. So, yeah, 90, 95th minute. Was it? Oh, was it Peterborough? Yeah, uh, Jai scored in the last minute of the game, and then there was a yeah, typical really. Oh well, don't don't worry about what other teams are doing. Let's just let's just keep an eye on what we're doing. Um, Harry Wilson hit the post, went through one on one after a great through ball from Josh Onomer, but then Mitro did get his goal, and he won't ever get an easier one, Willie Morgs. Sorry, you don't remember. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to persist with that joke for the rest of the show. So just deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great to see him get his goal, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't remember it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was a tap in. Ball into the box from Bobby Reed. Harry Wilson kind of hipped it, um, and he just he just had an, he got in front of the defender and, but, and buried it. I mean, that's the sort of goal you expect from Mitro. It's the sort of goal you expect from a sort of you know a typical number nine, uh, just sort of getting there, being right place, right time, um, and. You know, it it was the perfect way to cap off his, uh, you know, his contract signing, good performance, and uh, yeah, I think the more more times that he's in the in the right place, right time, that's uh, just what you need, really. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I think he's going to get twenty five to thirty goals this season, and I've I've seen nothing that's convinced me otherwise so far, and I'm just loving it. Uh, it was great to see Harrison Reed get a run out. He replaced Fabio Carvalho with eleven minutes left. And we just have such great strength in depth at the moment, which is another reason why I can't see anyone stopping us winning the league this season, Wigo. Yeah, we are quality all over the pitch, aren't we? And they're playing as a team as well, because it's all well and good having great individual players. But if you're not playing as a team, you know, it makes it difficult. But Silver's really got them gelling together as well. And seeing the likes of Reed, Cavalero, Cabano coming off the bench, you know, these players would walk into any other of the 23 teams easily. I have no doubt about it. So you just think we've re- we should walk this league, really. But then, obviously, how do we go about that next season? Because we're way too, our team's way too good for this league. Yeah. But in terms of comparing it to Premier League squads, I don't think it's good enough. So, you know, you've got to find that balance, I suppose. This this is the only way I I feel like we can be subjective at the moment because I've, I literally I can't criticise anything about this team at the moment. Um, having spent so long criticising it in the past few years, ever since I've been involved with Fulham Focus, really, it's I joined in the um, in the first Premier League season under under Slav, and it's just been quite negative, obviously throughout that season and last season because we were relegated and we were critical of the way of Scott Parker's tactics at times when we went up as well. But at the moment. I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm like a, a a little little kid on Christmas morning. You know, every time I go to Fulham, I'm like, I just cannot wait to see this team play football at the moment. 
Um, and I don't remember, well, I think the last time I was like this was the Tagana season, which was obviously before your time, um, Wigo, but you, you were you were around for those times. You're old enough and ugly enough, Morgs, uh, to have been around the, in those times as well. But um, <laughs> how do you think this team compares to, to that era? I think, you know, as a, obviously it was a very different time, but I mean, the players that we have, uh, it, they're incomparable in the sense that they... Back then, they were too good for Division One, as it was back then. Um, and I think, you know, we as you know, when we went up, we needed to improve the squad for the Premiership, uh, and much in the same way, we would need to do the same this time around if we go up. But we have, you know, you look at some teams that have gone up in the past, and they've had worse squads than this. So I don't think there would be the need for a massive reshuffle again. I think you could probably go up with this team um, as is, get some decent performances out of them, and then just you know add in a few players here and there. Um, but it's the style that we're playing now. You know the players might not be that different from when we went up in whatever it was, twenty nineteen twenty, um, but we've got a much more confident playing style under Silver, and I think that's sort of that really helps this team look better than it did under Parker. So I think, you know, if that could, if we can keep it up, um, then that's sort of, you know, yes, it is exciting. It is Tagana-esque in the way that, you know, we're going out in games and, you know, being confident that we'll win rather than sort of going out there thinking, oh God, we're going to go one and up and then throw it away again. Um, so I think, yeah, it does. There, there are comparisons to be drawn, but I'm also enough ugly enough to sort of be <laughs> very sort of uh, cautious and not be uh, cocky about the whole thing. Yeah, there's there's a fine line and I, I think we might be overstepping it at times with, with cockiness and I, I don't want to be like that but if, if I do come across like that, then then I apologise to anyone listening but I'm just excited, that's all, and I'm, I'm just really enjoying it at the moment. Um, you've mentioned Wigo already, we were able to bring on Cav and Cabano for um, Bobby Reed and Harry Wilson just attack, attack, attack. Um, but, and it was Cavano who got us an injury time penalty when he was sent flying by the Stoke keeper. It was a crap penalty from Micho again, though, really, wasn't it? Um, the, the keeper goes the right way and, and and it just wasn't hard enough or in the corner enough to, to beat a keeper that's diving the right way. Does Micho take the next penalty for you? Um, I, I, I'd say no, personally. It's just, I just think... When it comes, all right, we were three new up, so it it doesn't really matter, does it? Mm. In hindsight, you know, it's not the most important penalty that we'll have this season. He's missed a couple. All right, I don't. I'm by the way, I'm not criticizing him, you know, in the slightest because he's going to be so key for us this season. But a couple last season were at the start of a loss of a massive loss of confidence, weren't they? Yeah, he yeah. missed the one at Sheffield United and then missed the one for Serbia against Scotland. And that was his confidence just plummeted. I'd put I'd put Harry Wilson on it. Obviously he wasn't on the pitch yesterday, so that's fine. I understand. But and we were three 0 up anyway. But when it comes to it and we've got a crucial penalty, Harry Wilson would be the person to put on it personally. Um just because he's he's done it for Derby when he was there and he's he had a, a pretty good record, I think. So yeah, I'd have to say him personally. If if we're in that situation, regardless of whether we're at nil-nil in the last minute or whether we're three-nil up or whatever, if Mitro takes that ball and he wants it, I'd let him have it. He's our striker. 
it's his job to put. Well, you're not going to mess with him there. either. He's massive, isn't he? Well, I know. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. If he, if he wants it, he's going to have it. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I agree. But I, I, I think as as a striker, I want to see the striker taking the penalties. And he, if he misses a couple, he misses a couple. But I. I, I just think it's, it should be his job if he wants it. I'm t- I take your point about Harry Wilson, absolutely. Go on, Morg, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to think of the last one he scored because he's ha- he's missed a quite a few for us. Mm. Uh, you know, there was Sheffield United, there was uh, Swansea the season before, yeah. Oldham in the Cup, um, Cup others, I think. Uh, maybe he's just not particularly good at penalties. I mean, it's like, you know, obviously he is a striker, but, you know, that was bread and butter for a keeper if he dives the right way yesterday. Um and perfect height, not particularly powerful. Um, so it's kind of, you know, why is he not sort of practicing those? He, you know, he should just be going smashing for the bottom corner, really. Uh, but again, not going to criticise him because it was a great performance yesterday. It's a shame you couldn't sort of, uh, you know, put that away. But there you go. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. It always baffles me as well. As somebody who can score all types of goals, outside of the box, inside of the box, both feet, on his head, you know, clever finishes. Why somebody who's got that all those elements to their game is unable to take a decent penalty? It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's uh, it's yeah. I guess there is an art to it, but at the end of the day, you're very close to the the goal. Uh, no one in front of you, just smash it in. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a footballer, but I know that. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I guess like take it with enough power every time, so that if the keeper mm. does guess right, then he's going in the back of the net with that ball. But, it's such a I good mean, height for the keeper as well, isn't it? Like, I mean, mm. it's not even in the bottom or the top corner; it's right in the middle. What? Come yeah. on, mate. but then again, keep, keeper, you know? keeper dies, keeper dies the wrong way, and it looks like a great penalty. It's uh, you know, it's yeah, it's yeah, one of those things. That I mean, but obviously, uh, the keeper read what he was doing, and or just lucky guess, but. Either way, the, it was a decent save. That's the problem. These keepers have just got to stop diving the right fucking way, haven't they? If they could just dive out of the way every time we get a penalty, we'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless we miss it, like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he did. He put one get over Tim, the bar. Get Tim, get Tim Ream on it. Tim, Tim Ream you missed, bri- didn't he? It wasn't, it yeah, wasn't saved. That, that, one, that one at Newcastle, but he, he the yeah. keeper didn't save it. He hit the post, didn't he? You got it at the target. Anyway, oh, it was, I, don't think, I don't think it was anywhere near the post. I think it was, uh, you know, I think it was close to Middlesbrough that it was the goal. <laughs> uh, look, look at us fat bastards sat here telling professional footballers <laughs> how they should do their you wanna, job. You want to give, give the, bribe the keepers, give them a couple of tickets to AEW at Craven Cottage when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> We said last night, you know, we'll put you in the new Riverside stand. You'll get a good view of CM Punk in the ring. And uh, yeah, they'll be well up. Oh, dear. Right. OK, let's um, let's bring this to a close. Then. Let's let's talk about man of the match. Who are you giving it to, Wigo? Uh, Tim Ream, absolutely no question for me. He yeah. was unbelievable yesterday. I, I don't remember the last time I saw a defender so composed on the ball playing at Fulham. You know, he's... Facing his own goal, all right, he was on the touchline. He's managed to take it over one of their players' heads and get round him. The guy's 33 and he's, I mean, he's just putting on quality performances. That combined with his increased social media presence this year is, uh, you know, he's just, he's really gone up in my estimations. And I said last year in the Premier League that he was past it and he played that game at Man United and he was quality. And throughout this whole season, he's been one of our best players. And yesterday, again, another fantastic, fantastic performance. So, 
man of the match, no question for me. Good man. How about for you, Morgs? I was going to say Ream as well, uh, which seems a bit unoriginal. So I'm actually going to go, I'll go with Mitro, uh, despite the penalty miss. I thought, you know, obviously he got his assist, got his goal. Um, and he just, you know, he looked so up for it again. And it's just, it's a joy to watch him when he's happy because he is that much better than so many players in this league. So I think uh, just for sort of the all round atmosphere around him yesterday, I think, uh, yeah, well, uh, I'll, give, I'll give him uh, my drunken man of the match. <laughs> nice one. I was going to say Bobby Reed. I just I think we look we look a better team when he's is in the squad. And I didn't. I loved him when he was at Bristol City. I thought he always scored against us, and he looked a really clever player for them. But when we when when we signed him, he didn't really do it for me. And all right, he was part of the promotion squad, but we definitely weren't getting the best out of him. And now we just are. Like I said on the pod last week, he's better in a more attacking position. I, I think we get get to see the best of him rather in a more attacking position. And he's a very decent right back too, but I just, I'd rather have, rather have his uses up front rather than, um, rather than at the back. And I, I thought he was excellent again, um, caused them no end of problems yesterday. So Bobby Reed for me. So another, another week where the three of us have picked three different man of the matches. So that's, that's all good. All right, let's have a quick look at the transfer um, window then. It closes on Tuesday, the 31st of August at 11 p.m. British summertime. As I said earlier, Maxime Lamarchant's already left. He signed for Strasbourg, so we've lost one of my favourite chants now, which I know is a bit Marmite, isn't it, that chant? Um, but are there any other players you expect to leave, Wigo? And are there any other areas you think we need to strengthen aside from that right-back position, which seems to be incoming? Um. I mean, everyone thinks Anguisa is going to go, don't they? He's been on the yeah. bench the last few games. I'd be surprised if he didn't go. There's been interest from the Premier League and leagues abroad as well. It'd be great if we could keep him because to have him in the midfield as well, you know, as an option from the bench, he's fantastic. And when he's come on, he's been brilliant. But I'd be surprised if he stayed. I also think we're going to lose another centre-back. I'd be surprised if we didn't. Maybe Michael Hector, which... I really would be gutted about because I've said in the chat quite a lot, I'm a massive fan of his. And one of the main reasons we went up last time was because of Michael Hector. So for him to sort of be frozen out this time around, I feel really, really sorry for him. And I hope he, uh, if he does go, I hope he goes somewhere he's going to play regularly. Um, and yeah, as you say about getting the right back position filled, you know, I'd quite like to see uh, Ryan Fredericks come back on loan or something. He's not exactly playing at West Ham. You know, the guy's quick, he's got pace, he attacks. All right, they say, you know, don't go back, but I'd, 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 I would, I wouldn't mind having him back, to be honest. Worked for Cristiano Ronaldo, hasn't it? He's gone back. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, well, he's that's all, it. He's all right. can, can never be too old. You can never yeah. be too old to be on £480,000 a week. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Not bad. Good work, good work if you can get it, isn't it? Bloody yeah. hell. Uh, go on, Morgs. How about, how about you, mate? What are you thinking of this transfer window? ins and outs and whatnot. Well, I think Anguisa, you know, if he does go, I wouldn't be surprised. If he does stay, I think we might see him playing a bit more. Um, I think Silva's probably not starting him at the moment because there is, you know, a chance that he'll leave. Uh, but he is on the bench because he is obviously a quality player. But, uh, yeah, if he does go, obviously, that's sort of, you know, a nice bit of uh, cash injection and all that sort of stuff. Um, but incomings... Yeah, if we do need a new right back, I hadn't even thought of Ryan Fredericks, but I mean, he wouldn't be a bad stopgap if we get him in. Uh, better than Phil Jones as an option, I think. Um, but 
I don't know. I, in terms of strength, I mean, there's no one on uh, in the starting lineup at the moment that I'd replace. So you're really just bringing in sort of squad depth at this point. Um, you know, maybe we need another striker on loan because I don't think Muniz is going to be uh, coming straight to the team. I think, you know, that's definitely a work in progress player. Um, you know, he didn't really play a huge amount for Flamengo in recent times. Uh, certainly didn't score that many um, this season for them. Uh, so I think whilst there is excitement around him, I think it's more about the fact that, you know, he's a young Brazilian and, you know, hopefully there's a lot of quality there, but he's going to take time to warm up to championship quality anyway, uh, or not so much quality as, uh, you know, adapting to this league. So maybe we do need a Mitro backup uh, who's, uh, you know, league ready. But uh, apart from that, you know, don't really, can't really see anything else where we're needed. Pop that right back. I think, I think for me, the only gap I can really see is an attacking midfielder because it, it was highlighted this week when Carvalho went off against uh, Hull last week and the, the fact that we weren't sure if he was going to be available for this game. Okay, people said, well, Bobby Reed can play there. But Bobby Reed can play anywhere, but his best position is out on the wing and he cuts in and creates and scores from the wing. So for me, if Fabio Carvalho does get injured, I'd, I'd like to see somebody ready and able to come in uh, who's whose first position is as an attacking midfielder. And of course, we've got Tom Kearney in the squad, but is he ever going to be available again? Who knows? He, he seems to be held together with bloody sellotape, doesn't he, that guy? So, um, do, you not think, do you not think Josh Onoma could step up into number 10? Yeah, probably. probably yeah, because that's could. where he was playing, wasn't he? And he's sort of been brought back a little bit to play deeper, hasn't he, this season? He's done brilliant, but we've got so much depth, depth yeah. in the squad that you could probably push him forward. But my, my point is that in order to cover for for that position, you're moving an important element of the team away from another area of the team. So, and I know we've got players that can cover that, but all I'm saying is that's that's the only gap I can think of. Otherwise, I think we're strong throughout the team defensively, the goalkeeper situation, and even even in attack. And again, all right, all right, we've got Muniz. We don't know what he's going to be like, but he is cover for Mitrovic. And again, Bobby Reed can play up there. So you, you kind of, again, moving players from one place to another. So that, that's the only gap I can see. Um, it's quite interesting though, isn't it? Because we've got, we, when we came down and we lost all those players for all our loan players who went back, we were worried that we had a very threadbare squad. And we haven't, you know, we've not really signed anyone. You know, we've got, obviously got Wilson in and Muniz and Gazaniga. But aside from that, you know, this is basically the squad that we had left over. And so it is very much, you know, the fact that Silva's come in and motivated them. You know, he's motivated a lot of these players who were cast aside for last season. Um, and, you know, it turns out we actually do have quite a decent squad depth. And obviously Cavallo stepping up um, from the, the under-23s has been, you know, brilliant. So it's kind of, it's, you know, it's interesting to see that we did have quality within the side. Um, when we really didn't think we did, I guess. I, I don't think you can underestimate the importance that Fabio Carvalho's had on the team this season. I've said it previously, but he's the heartbeat of this team. His energy and enthusiasm and creativity from that position is kind of galvanising the team. It's pulling everybody together. And he's it, it, just an, an incredible person to have in the squad. 
Um, and I, I'm surprised, actually. I, I thought we'd use him a bit this season, but I didn't think he'd be one of the first names on the team sheet. But he absolutely is, isn't he? Um, just need to get him to sign that contract. We keep saying it, and he still hasn't done it. Hopefully, it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, all right, boys. Well, anything else to add? I think I think we're all just going to be quite happy when the um, when the transfer window is closed. I think yeah. you know we just we want to we don't want any more rumours. I think we just want to get on with playing this football. Um, obviously, we've got the international break now, and uh, yeah, I think we just need to sort of move on to the the next. Uh, next part of the uh, season, really. And, you know, next few months without any rumours going around about who might be leaving. And uh, hopefully, come the next transfer window, we won't need to add too much because uh, HMS Piss the League will be halfway across the ocean by then. Very true. Very true. All right, mate. Well, good luck shifting that hangover this morning. Thanks. Thanks, boys. All right, let's leave it there. That's the end of the show. Thanks, as always, for listening at home. There's an international break now, of course, but we'll still be back on Thursday this week once the transfer windows close. As Danny will join me along with lifelong Fulham fan and football finances expert Tristan Pachuricic to look at our transfer business, assess the squad and talk about the importance of parachute payments in light of some of the criticism Fulham have received recently from supporters of other championship clubs towards the imbalance of financial resources. Not to be missed. Until then, have a great week and speak soon. Cheers.